0: Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. And we appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you and your life. I want to share with you a word of encouragement from God's Word today. Because uh, we live in a world today that just uh, seems so convoluted and so out of sorts. Um, one of the things that I did for me uh, a year or so ago was I just quit watching the news. Um I look at the news on the internet, and I see some of that, but I can pick and choose what I look at. Um, and uh, we we don't have a way of, of watching uh, local news. Well, we do, but uh, it's just... It's just not easy to just put punch a button and and get the local news. And I, I remember as a child, uh, one of the things centerpieces around our evening was the fact that that we would sit down at a certain hour every night and we would eat supper. And in addition to eating supper, we would sit and mom and dad would sit and watch the news. Uh, right as rain every single night just about at the same time what mama would would have supper ready on the table so we were sitting down as uh the evening news was coming on uh T V and and we would also call it cause you know, you didn't we weren't this young youngins, this wasn't a time where you could look at twenty different things on your phones and all that other stuff. Uh this was back in the old timey days where there was one T V and whatever mom and dad said we were watching, that's what everybody watched. You didn't you could uh well, we we learned not to fuss about it because it didn't make any difference, and Mom and Daddy would probably uh, uh, scold us for for fussing about it. So we all watched the news, and we all watched the the uh, evening news, uh, or uh, well, local news, and then we w- went straight into the to the national news, and and for. Uh, Two hours, basically, we sat and watched the, the news or an hour and a half or however long it took. But anyway, we watched the news every night. It seemed like it took forever as a child to watch all the news. And, and you know, surprising thing about it is every night they had enough news to fill up the whole time. You know, it was surprising that they, they would have just enough stuff that would happen during the day that they could fill up that whole broadcast with news. And uh, uh, we, we've gotten away from that a lot uh, today today. Uh, And for me, I just get away from it altogether Uh, because in a lot of the news that you read and a lot of news that you watch on TV, it's about uh, things being uh, torn down, things that uh, people are fighting about, things that people are are blowing up or setting on fire, uh, conflicts here and conflicts there. And as of late, especially, it's gotten so depressing to watch the news. Because, uh, uh, and back in, in the time in which I was a child, most people didn't think about whether or not the news that was on TV was, was the real news. Uh, Today, we we hear a lot of people talking about fake news and about uh, news with a slant and news with this slant and that slant. Back when I was a child, it was just the news. There was no slant, and I don't think it was uh, completely unbiased. I think it did have a particular uh, viewpoint. It's just that nobody knew the difference. Today we do know the difference and I think it causes even more strife just to sit and watch the news because you sit there and saying okay I can see where they're coming from and I don't agree with it you know and it it is you can't even watch the news without getting upset and so uh, I just decided a while back that that uh, you know if I don't watch the news today things are nicer if I don't watch the news and, and read about what's going on, you know, life's pretty nice in my community. Life's pretty nice in my neighborhood. Life's real sweet in my home. And, and so I'm, I'm just going to shut all that negativity out of my life and just not be a part of it. But the reality is it's still there. And Paul in 2 Corinthians was writing to a church that was going through a lot more strife than we're seeing today. They were going through hardships and struggles and they were losing their faith because of the fact that life was just so uh, convoluted and so uh, uh, in turmoil that, that... they saw themselves being persecuted. They saw uh, believers in Christ being uh, executed. They saw people in the faith uh, going through, uh, being jailed up. And, and Paul is writing them to encourage them. He's writing to encourage them to, to hold fast the faith. And he's encouraging them to realize uh, uh, the, the, the things that we go through today Is is so minuscule when compared to the great uh, blessing and the the great reward that we'll receive one day when we're in the presence of God. So look with me in in uh, Second Corinthians chapter five, and it says uh, in verse one four, we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were, were dissolved. We have a building of God and a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Now, there's a lot of people that want to say that Paul's just talking about uh, uh, the place in which they worship, but I think uh, with everything that Paul is is going to talk about uh, afterwards, and and really this uh, this first verse uh, harkens back to the to the. Verses that start in verse 14 of, of the previous chapter, of chapter 4, it says, knowing, they, uh, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus Christ shall raise us also by Jesus and shall present us with you, for all things are for you, your sakes, and the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many rebound, we down to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not, but through our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal, so... So what Paul is, is alluded back to is the, are these verses here where he's talking about the struggle, the, the fight, the, the difficulty that they're facing, the, the, uh, the problems that they're having. And he says this affliction that we're going through is just a temporary thing. Our life, our world is not here. Uh, there used to be an old song that people used to sing a lot in the church, and and uh, the words go uh, something like this: "This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through." It is. We we are. This is. We we get so confused about the significance of our life, and we think so many times, uh, particularly in times were of loss of a loved one, or. Times of of difficulty, we we're reminded of the fact that that this life is not the summation of our existence. That our life continues on beyond the grave, continues on beyond this life, and we have to remember that we're just passing through. We're just we're just going uh, to the uh, the next. Uh, uh, Place of of existence, and hopefully, if you accept Jesus Christ into your heart and life, then you're going to live all of eternity uh, in uh, in the presence of God and the presence of Jesus Christ, not uh, in uh, the place of damnation, and and so. Paul is saying, look, we need to... And that's why this uh, first verse of chapter 5, I believe that he's talking about the tabernacle being not the place in which they were worshiping, but he's talking about his physical body. He's saying uh, whether we have this physical body or not, uh, we know that uh, God is building for us a house not made with hands. He's talking about uh, a body that comes into existence in the last days uh, or known uh, uh, as the Perusia, the time in which we're with god the time after now this time of uh, being in the presence of god uh, after the end of days in which we're not in the the body of our flesh, but we're in the body of uh, the Spirit, the body that God gives us. And so Paul is saying, look, we know that regardless of what we endure, regardless of the problems that we face, regardless of all the, uh, the, uh, the turmoil and all the struggles, uh, we are looking forward to the day in which we're in uh, the, the body that God has designed for us Uh, when we're in His presence. He says in verse 2, For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. See, this is is also building on that idea that He's talking about... When He says house, He's talking about... uh, our uh, the our heavenly body uh, the existence that we'll have when we're in the presence of God so if we if so uh, be that being clothed we uh, shall not be found naked for we that are in uh, this tabernacle do groan being burdened not for that which we would be unclothed but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life Uh, now he that hath wrought us uh, for the self same thing is God, who also hath given us unto uh, unto us the earnestness of the Spirit. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we, shall, uh, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And look at verse 8. I, I've underlined verse 8, particularly in my, I, my Bible, a long time ago because uh, this verse gave me comfort. Uh, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So uh, Paul is saying, look, uh, we are confident. We know, he says, I have placed faith in the fact that, that, that if we are... That we are looking forward to the day in which we are in the presence of God. That 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 all the struggles, all the problems, all the things that we face in this world, the the issues, the struggles that the news talks about every night, all of those things are are part of this world, and it's all part of the of the the things that we go through, and and we groan and we ache and we yearn for the time in which we'll be in the presence of God, and we'll be in that perfected body and the house that he's talking about here that will once again be <laughs> i look at it like this that god uh this is my take on it okay and so uh don't don't uh place all your eggs in this basket here but uh, this is just how I look at it. I look at it like this that God created mankind uh, and um, the creation of man was perfect when we were in the presence of God in the garden of Eden and and before sin entered into this world but when sin entered into this world it corrupted the, the creation of God. And the Bible says that uh, with the introduction of sin that death came into the world and, and all kinds of of, of the curse of sin came into the world and and th- and we see in scripture all throughout history God is working to uh, to provide a means to provide a way in for which man can get back to that relationship with God that God desires for us and my take is is that once we see the end of days and the end of time uh, and the end of of this world as we know it in the book of Revelation, that God will uh, 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 place uh, mankind in this glorified body, this new body that He has created for us and will be in the presence of God for all of eternity. And in my understanding, my little feeble mind... Uh, it's God placing us back into the creation that he intended for us to be that that all of this time mankind has been tainted by sin and the Bible tells us in revelation that God will remove sin from the world that God will remove sin from mankind and so at that time when we're placed in the heavenly body, when we're placed in the, in the uh, and we're given this glorified body that we'll finally be back into the right, way in which we're supposed to be in our creation that will no longer be tainted by sin and that will no longer be uh, corrupted by the uh, the, uh, the wages of sin and we'll finally be back into the right relationship with God uh, and and the way in which God created us to be that 's a wonderful thing that 's a wonderful thing and Paul is alluding to this. What this is what Paul is talking about here is I believe that Paul is alluding to that uh, very thing, and he's saying we're groaning, we're yearning for that time. And he says I'm confident that when we're absent from the body, we'll be present with the Lord, and and that we uh, though we labor uh, now, that will when we'll be. Uh, whether we be present or absent, that we may be accepted of him, look at verse ten, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body, according to that which is done, uh, whether it be good or bad, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. Uh, consciousness, For we commend not ourse- ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf that you may have somewhat to answer them which glory in the appearance and not in the heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God or whether we be sober it is for our cause for the love of Christ constrains us because we thus judge that if one died for all then we are all dead so Paul is is, is building up to this this understanding that the hope that we have in that day in which we'll be finally back with Jesus Christ, uh, with God is <coughs> that hope is found in Jesus Christ. That hope is established in what Jesus Christ has done for us. That hope that we need to have within our life. That hope that we hold into our, our life each night as we watch the world just melt away for, with the sin and the perversion of what sin is doing in the world. We have a hope in Christ Jesus. We have a hope in the in the glory that uh, God has established through the salvation of Jesus Christ. And we don't need to be worried about the things that are falling around uh, down all around us because we have the hope that is found in Christ Jesus the hope that is found in His salvation. Verse 15, He died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto Him which died for them and rose again. Wonderful verse. I I underline that one too. Wherefore henceforth know ye, Uh, "...know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know Him, uh, know we Him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ..." This is a wonderful verse, verse 17. "...therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new." And all things are of God who hath reconciled us... To himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation to the wit that God was in Christ rec- reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation these are our m- marching orders Paul says look you need to understand the hope that is found in Christ Jesus and now we need to be about sharing the message of Christ Jesus with others we need to be about sharing the, the hope that we found in him that, that uh, if any man is in Christ he's a new creation that message of, of hope that message of, of, of reconciliation he goes on and on and on multiple times talking about God reconciling himself to us uh, uh, reconciling us to himself and we have to understand that, that God's message is not a message of condemnation or damnation or, or it, God's not coming to judge. The world wants to see uh, God as this figure who sits on a big throne up in heaven like a big... <clears throat> and He's sitting and He's judging mankind. He's judging everything that we do. And He's saying, look at that sin and look at this and look at that. Now, what God is doing is, he is ju- His judgment of sin is a way of reconciling mankind to Himself, of bringing man back into a right relationship with Him. I say, well, why, why does God have to do all that? Why does God have to judge all this sin? Why does God have to, to do all those things? It's because God... Uh, will not permit His holiness to be uh, corrupted by the sin of the world. And for mankind to come and be with Him, God needs to point out that which has to be eliminated in man, the sin, the corruption, the, uh, the destitute lifestyle, all the things that are not permitted into the presence of God because of His holiness... The reason God condemns all those things is because He wants us to eliminate it, not just simply because He's got a power trip and He wants to tell us how to live and, and he's, he's sitting up there like a king wanting to tell everybody that you've got to do it this way and you got to do it that way. No, He what He's doing is He's trying to help us to understand that we can't be in His presence with that sin in our life. And He so desperately wants us to be in his presence he desperately wants us to be with him i struggle with the way of trying to help us to understand this and you know there's there's not a whole lot that we can go on because of the fact that it's it's you know for some people it's so hard for them to understand that that we have something in us that we can't uh, that we can't that keeps us from being in the presence of God and I I think about uh, the only thing I could think of is I remember as a, a little kid watching uh, two shows on TV that I just loved uh, tremendously that would never make it on TV today. Never, 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 never. never. Uh, the first one was Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. I love that show and I, I love watching that those fellas go out into the into the, the jungles and, and seeing all these animals that, that, that just were foreign to me because they didn't live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Those animals weren't a part of my everyday life and, and seeing these lions and these hyenas and all that kind of stuff. And the other one was a show that didn't come on as often, but was uh, was there every once in a while. And these were the shows done by Jacques Cousteau. And you'd go and you'd watch, and he'd go down into the ocean, and he would explore the depths of the ocean, and he'd show all these fantastic fish that were there. And I I, I thought of Jacques Cousteau and all the links that he had, had to go through in order to go down into the depths of the ocean in order to see all these creatures in the depths of the ocean and i i liken that to uh to our experience of trying to be with god jacques Cousteau had to put on special equipment and he had to sometimes even get into the submarine in order to go down there where those fish were why because the fish couldn't exist On dry land. These fish would die if they were out of their environment and he couldn't really see how they lived if he brought them up out of the water that especially some of the, the most exotic fish that he would see would be in the depths so deep that he had to get into special equipment in order to be there in their environment and to be there where they were. And he had to do go to all these different lengths in order to be in their presence. You see where I'm going with this? We have to go to... Uh, uh, we ha- in order to be in the presence of God, God's desire is, is that we remove the sin of our life, go through all of, uh, uh, all the, the effort to eliminate sin in our life so we can spend all of eternity in His presence. You can't be in the holiness of God if you have anything in corruption in you. If you have any sin in your life, it, it, would, it would destroy you. The holiness of God would be so overwhelming. And so God's desire is, is, to, is to take you out of the, the corruption and the sin and the degradation of the world and to transform you in such a way that you can be in His presence. Paul likened it to a tent or to a, a house. He says we'll be taken out of our old house and our old creation and put into a new house, new tent, new creation. Why? Is so that we can be in the presence of God and spend all of eternity with Him. And so not only do we have a hope of being with God in His, uh, in His presence, not only do we have this, uh, this great gift of Jesus Christ that allows us to have that, but we have a calling to tell everyone that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All the old things that you know that is in your heart... You know, the Spirit of God, His task in our life is to point out our sin, to convict us of our sin, and to call us to Jesus Christ into salvation, to point mankind to the, the Savior, Jesus Christ, and, uh, and to allow us to have that presence with God by being called out by God to, to join in, in fellowship with Him. the wonderful thing is is that God doesn't just call us He transforms us makes us new so that we have the opportunity to be not just in the presence of God in a little shell or uh, a submarine or something that that will allow us just to be in his presence or to see even God from a distance like the children of Israel did when they were at Mount Sinai remember uh in the old testament as they were leaving uh uh Egypt and and God was uh, uh, had brought them to Mount Sinai where Uh, we talked about today in Sunday school about uh, the fact that God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses and and the children of Israel down at at the bottom of the mountain and they were worshiping an idol. They had created the golden calf and they were worshiping this idol. But they weren't allowed anywhere near the mountain. They weren't allowed up the mountain with Moses. They weren't allowed anywhere near the presence of God. Why? Because God... Was, is holy and they were sinful God desires to bring us together so that we're not just seeing God from a distance that we're, uh, that we're not hiding from God because of His glory and when Moses came down after being in the presence of God for such a long time uh, it te- the Bible tells us that the people couldn't even look at the face of Moses they said they said Moses Moses cover your face because the glory of God is too great on your face. We can't even look at you. We can't look at your glory, uh, the glory of God. We can't look at your face because the glory of God is so great on you. Why? Because their sin was so great. And God's glory was so pure and Holy they couldn't even see the reflection of God's glory. The reflection of God's holiness on the face of Moses. And so what God wants to do in us is to take us from the sinful life uh, that we have and create a new creation devoid of that sin. Devoid of the corruption so that we can be in His presence for all eternity. He says that we have a task to share with others that they have that opportunity. He says, All things are are of God who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. We are to go out and share that with others. He says, uh, verse 20, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. That's our task to to help and to spread the gospel, spread the message of being reconciled with God. For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's a good one too. I underline that one too. He God made Jesus Christ who knew no sin. Who had no sin at all. It, it really Listen, he's saying God took upon himself in Jesus Christ the sins of the world so that we might be reconciled to him. He paid the price so that we might come People say, couldn't God just accept everybody? No, He can't. So He was willing to, to be the price for our sin so that He could let everyone come to Him. It's just that we have to accept that wonderful gift. And we have to go and share that wonderful gift. We have to share with others what God has done. That amazing thing that He sent His Son, God incarnate, to take upon Himself the sins of the world so that mankind, not just me, not just you, not just good people, not just people that fit a certain profile, not just people that, that uh, uh, have a certain look or a certain uh, way of holding themselves or have a certain amount of money, Everyone, all of mankind, might be reconciled to him, might be bought by the price. The price that Jesus paid on the cross of Calvary. We have a hope is found in Jesus Christ. We have we we have an obligation though to share that hope with others. So that they might understand that the troubles of this world, we're just passing through. Our hope is not in what's happening in our nation. Our hope is not in who sits in the White House. Our hope is in He who gave Himself for us, who knew no sin that we might be reconciled to God that we might be saved. What a glorious thought. Amen? Amen? Let's join together. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we just thank You so much for the hope, the joy that comes in knowing Your wonderful love for us and that You want us to be a part of Your creation again, a new creation that's found through the power of the blood of Christ. Lord, we thank you for this hope. And pray, Lord, that you would give us strength at the task before us of sharing that hope with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.